0: Well, welcome to Crossroads Church here at Thornton Campus. You can go ahead and be seated. I want to welcome those of you joining us on Crossroads Live at Fort Lupton and, of course, Uh, right here at Thornton. If you are uh, new with us, man, I just want to say welcome to you. I am so thankful that you have decided to spend this next hour or so with us together in worship. And if you are new here today and you want to find out a little bit more about Crossroads Church, about how we work, what we do, uh, what we're all about, you can simply do something very easily. Uh, You can just simply text the the word new to the number that's on the screen and that'll get connected. We have people ready uh, to talk to you and to engage with you on whatever questions you may have this morning morning. And so, uh, we are in week three of our four-week series that we are calling A Double Yellow Line, where we are looking at how healthy boundaries promote healthy lives and healthy relationships. And so, if you've missed the first two weeks, let me just kind of catch you up on where we're at and, and where we've been and all this such, so you're ready to go today. In the physical world, we see boundaries all around us, don't we? Now, most of the times when it comes to boundaries in the physical world, uh, those boundaries are, you know, along like property lines. They define property and And protect property and so at least in Colorado it's why we have fences around our homes and some houses lived in are in gated communities right houses have locks and doors on them in fact if we lived in the Middle Ages uh, during the Middle Ages we had moats and alligators right around property lines to protect them and when it comes to property or physical boundaries it creates a sense of this is where my property is this is where it begins and this is where it ends and what happens here I'm responsible for Now when it comes to the world of relationships, boundaries may look different. I mean it would be totally funny if I walked around with like alligators protecting me, right? You'd have to call me Maddie Exotic. And so, which maybe you should anyways. And so uh, maybe they look different, but they're no less important. They're no less important. That relational boundaries help us know what I'm responsible for and what I'm not responsible for. And so as we discovered in week one, what we discovered is that we are responsible to each other and we're responsible for ourselves. That we're responsible to each other and for ourselves. And where we looked at this and saw this is in, really, the book of Galatians. The Apostle Paul was writing to the church in Galatia, and he wrote these words in chapter 6, verse 2. He says that you are to carry one another's burdens, that you're to carry one another's burdens. Now, this idea of burdens, kind of wrapping our mind around this, is like a rock. that It's a rock that's too heavy for one person to carry, that you need help doing that. And the reality is, is that all of us, all of us have these moments in our lives where we don't have the knowledge, we don't have the skill, we don't have the know-how to be able to carry the burdens in our lives, and we need others to help. And one of the greatest movements of sacrificial love that we can make in all of the world is to come alongside and to help them carry their burdens in this life. But a few verses later... In Galatians chapter 6, verse 5, the Apostle Paul writes these words that while we are to help carry one another's burdens, that we are responsible for our own loads, that we carry our own loads. And the understanding there is this idea around like a backpack that we put every morning, you gather your stuff and you put it in a backpack or a purse. But like for me, I put my computer in, my notebook, my pens and my pencils, like everything that I'm going to carry with me that day, that's my backpack. And in the relational world, the things that we carry around in our backpack are things like feelings and attitudes and behaviors. That only you are responsible for your behaviors. That nobody else in this world is responsible for the behaviors that you carry around in your backpack. And so as we saw, and what we saw in the first week is that we're responsible to each other but for ourselves. And so this whole idea of boundaries is really just a simple way to to describe and to define our spheres of influence, our spheres of responsibility. That's what boundaries are, a simple way to define what our spheres of responsibility are. In other words, what is it that I'm responsible for, and what is it that you're responsible for, okay? Now, last week, we applied that to marriages, and this week, we're going to apply it to the relationships within family, within family. And so you may be getting kind of to the point where if you've been through this the last couple of weeks with us, you might be starting to think, you know, when it comes to boundaries, like I like this idea of me being able to set boundaries in my life, but I'm not so sure that I like it when other people set boundaries, right? Like the old, you know, saying or the old uh, kind of this, in, maybe just in other words, what gratifies me is good, what frustrates me is, is bad. And this idea goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. It's the human dilemma, taking ownership of my life and accepting responsibility for my life. It's something that innately every single one of us just rejects that we push away from. And yet it's why boundaries are so difficult for us in this life. And when this dynamic of not taking responsibility in our own lives plays it outside, outside in the family dynamics that we're all in, Like, the consequences can just be devastating, can't they? Do we have any Justified Fans TV? I went Seinfeld last week, Justified this week. Not a single person. If you're online, go ahead and give me a whole bunch of hearts. Right there. Yeah, there you go. Right. So Justified is my favorite TV show. Now, don't take that as license to watch a wholesome show, okay? Don't take that at all. It's about a U.S. Marshal from Kentucky. Now, my whole family is from Kentucky, and so it is so fun to watch because while it's fake, it's real, right? Like, I can name the people in Justified. Uh, Some of them are a part of my family. And one of the major storylines through Justified is the main character is Raylan. He's the U.S. Marshal and his dysfunctional relationship with his father Arlo like it's example number one of boundaries gone bad in family relationships and all of us know that when boundaries go bad in our relationships it can be devastating and if we had time we could go around we could go around the room here at Thornton and each one of you could share your story and you could share so everybody could share their story and you could share the times where there was like, like uncomfortable tension and the drama just surrounded your just surrounded your family. And in doing so at some point we would probably realize that that your story in your story is boundaries gone bad. is ba- boundaries gone bad. And, it's, and it brought drama and devastation devastation to your families. And so today we're just going to talk about families and boundaries and how they work together. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you just a simple formula that really you can apply to any relationship in your life, a boundary formula that you can apply to any relationship. But what we're going to do today is specifically look at how it plays it out in a couple of examples of family, all right? So that's it. Simple formula. We're going to see how it applies to our families, and then we're going to sing, all right? So that's what today looks like. So here's the formula. If you're a note taker, I'd encourage you to write this down. Simple formula is this. Freedom equals responsibility equals love. Freedom equals responsibility equals love. Now, let's all say that together, all right? Everybody, let's play along. Ready? Freedom equals responsibility equals love. Good. Now, that's the simple formula. And the way that it works itself out is like this. That you have as much freedom with which you can act responsibly, and the way that we measure it is by love. Let me say that again for you that the way that this works is that you have as much freedom as you can act responsibly with, and the way that we measure it is by love. Now, while Dr. Henry Cloud in psychology has made this formula, like, super popular in our culture, the idea is way older than that. The idea actually goes all the way back to the book of Galatians. When the Apostle Paul is writing in Galatians chapter 5, he writes these words in verse 13. He says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedoms as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Freedom equals responsibility equals love. And what the Apostle Paul is getting at here is he says, Look, all of creation was designed to be free. That It was designed to be free. That you were made to be free. That God wants you to be free. He wants you to enjoy that freedom. Where you go to school. What job you have. What career you choose. Who you marry. How many kids you have. That you have freedom in those spaces. That God designed us. He designed us. To have freedom of choice as we respond to this life and to others and even to ourselves in this life. That we are not meant to be enslaved to each other. That as we look through the pages of scripture, we see this so clearly that from the very beginning, when Adam and Eve are created in Genesis, that they are created with freedom. that That they are to live free. That we get to the second book of the Bible. It's it's a book called Exodus, and it's all about how the Hebrew people are delivered in freedom from the oppressive hand, the enslavement of Pharaoh and of Egypt. We fast forward to the New Testament, and it was Jesus who famously said that you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Yeah. Years later, Peter, one of Jesus' best friends, is writing to the church and he says, live, he commands us, live as people who are free. Like all throughout the Scriptures, we see that we are called into freedom, that we are to live free, that we are not to be enslaved to others in this life, that God has called us to be free, that we are free. But with that freedom comes responsibility, Paul says. Look at the second part of the verse. He says, Brothers, you've been called to live free, but do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. In other words, being free comes with responsibility. And every one of us must take responsibility for the things in our life. Things like feelings and attitudes, behaviors, skills, giftings, talents, values, thoughts. That we're to take responsibility for all of this. And Paul says that in your freedom you take responsibility. Namely, that as you take responsibility, that you're not using this as an opportunity for your own desire, for your own flesh, but you are called to be responsible. And when it comes to responsibility, this, this this understanding of ownership is what it means to be truly responsible, to be the kind of person that other people want to be in relationship with. And again, if we go back to the opening pages of Scripture, we, we see this. We see that God gives Adam and Eve responsibilities That one of Adam's very first jobs is to to name creation. That he has freedom in in naming the things in this creation. We see Adam and Eve placed in the garden. And to give Adam the kind of responsibility that God gave him was to empower him to live a life that every single one of us desires. Come on, isn't that true? Like to be in a wonderful place, using our skills and our giftings and our talents to to the most of their opportunity to build a life that's, that's built on the things that we love to do that leads to flourishing in our life, like the key to the good life is responsibility. But when Adam and Eve, in Genesis chapter 3, freely chose a way that was not life-giving, they had to live with the responsibility of that. And so do we today. And so Paul says, look, God has created you and me to be free. That he's given us this freedom, but with this freedom, we have responsibility. Specifically, we don't use it to indulge our sinful self, but rather, here's what he says, that through love, you serve one another. That our freedom and how we handle our responsibility is measured and seen in our love for other people. That as responsible, free people, we are called to love. And as this happens, we have healthy relationships and a thriving life. See, as love grows, people become more free from the things that enslave them. Things like selfishness, things like self-centeredness that that leads to sin, destructive patterns, hurts, pains of the past. And as that freedom grows, there's a sense of self-control and discipline that comes into our life That we call responsibility. And as we act with more responsibility, I become more loving. Do you see how this works? I mean, what science has been telling us for the last 20 years, the Bible has been telling us for the last 2,000 years, that as love grows, so does your freedom. And as freedom grows, so does your responsibility. And when your responsibility grows, you have capacity for more love. And the cycle just keeps going and going and going. And as that cycle goes, your relationships deepen. They're healthy and our lives are better. Freedom equals responsibility equals love. So let's make this real at a real practical family level. Let's start with parents. If you're a parent here today and you have kids at home, I'm just going to take a few moments to talk to you, alright? I'm going to show you why this is important and how it works out in the life with your, with your kids that one of the goals of parenthood is to raise children to be responsible adults. I think we can all agree on that, right? That that the goal of parenthood is to raise kids to be responsible adults. Now, when it comes to raising children, parenting always has to do with more than the present, doesn't it? It always has an eye to the future. And the reason it always has an eye to the future is because, again, the goal is, is to raise future kids right our kids in their future to be responsible adults and so we always have an eye to a future to the future and part of that goal is developing character that will make their future go well and so in a sense that future is now it's now and the patterns that we learn as children established in the early years of of our existence lives itself out later in life doesn't it and these patterns this character Is always 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 formed in the context of relationships and so parents you have a big job and part of your big job is to help your kids understand that freedom equals responsibility equals love is always in balance it's always in balance so my oldest son is 12 years old and we talk about this a lot. This is something that's a regular part of our discussions, that as our kids move into their teenage years, that this is a part of what we teach them, that freedom equals responsibility equals love. And, and we talk about that in a way that it always has to be balanced. And so my oldest son, Theo, is 12, and he's learning Galatians chapter 5.13. He's committing it to memory. And what I tell him all the time is that, that God wants him to be free, that God calls him to be free that he's to live free and i have zero interest zero interest in controlling his freedom his mama she has a lot of interest me zero interest in controlling his freedom and so he's he's called to be to be free but what he has to understand is that part of my job as parents is to make sure that he's acting responsibly with the freedom that he's giving that part of my job is to make sure that the balance of the formula that is balanced, that he's demonstrating this in love. So he can have as much freedom in life as he's willing to act responsibly with and will measure that all the time in love. And so last week, Saturday night, was Halloween. He went out with a couple of his buddies to go trick-or-treating. And he gives me a text, shoots me a text about 8 o'clock and says, Hey, Matt, can I spend the night with Gavin? Now, initially, my instinct was to say no, but remember, I want to give him freedom. And so I said, hey, well, do you have anything going on in the morning? Well, I knew that he had something going on in the morning. Does he know, right? And so he texted me back and he said, yeah, I told Pastor Tim that I would run one of the cameras tomorrow morning for church. I said, all right, well, you know your responsibility, your freedom to make your own choice. And he says, all right, can you bring my clothes over to me? And so last Sunday... Not only was I senior pastor up here, but I was also dad, and I was evaluating through the lens of love my son's ability to act responsibly with the freedom that he was given. Now, he loves this church, and so he got himself out of bed, he got himself ready, and he got himself here on time so that he could run cameras in order that we could do service the way that we're doing service. But his responsibility to love is not just to you, is it? It's also to his mama. Like, in the afternoon, we got to make sure that he's treating his mama with love, right? The night he stays up late and hangs out with his friends. Is the next day, is he still responsibly acting in love? And if the answer is yes, he gets more freedom. And if the answer's no, then there's consequence, right? There's consequence where, we start to, where I start to limit the amount of freedom that he has so that it's in balance with the responsibility that he's able to handle. See, when it comes to boundaries in parenting, my job is to develop the character that will make my kids' future go well by helping them understand that freedom equals responsibility equals love. And that that formula is always in balance. And so there's an ebb and flow. There's an ebb and flow to freedom and responsibility. And at times, there's more freedom given as responsibility is handled. And at other times, there means that there's less responsibility and there's appropriate consequences when responsibility is neglected. So here's the deal. If you want to go deeper in this, on Tuesday night, we're doing kind of a web show called Things I Didn't Say. And this week, Jared will be with me as we kind of talk through this. And joining with us is Carrie Evans, who is the head of our family uh, ministry here at Crossroads. She's our director of family ministry. She's raised two outstanding young women who are now in college, and we're going to talk about uh, some of this and apply some of this in family dynamics at Uh, at a family, or the boundary dynamics at a family level. And so if you want to know more about that, 6 o'clock on Tuesday, Facebook, YouTube, Crossroads Live is where we will be. So let's shift gears a little bit and move out of like the parent-kid relationship and talk about what happens in family when it's adult to adult. Like how does it work in that relationship? Because we could apply this principle to really any relationship, but let's do one that's pretty easy, all right? Let's just talk about mother-in-laws. And, uh, you know, when it comes to mother-in-laws, they can be in-laws or outlaws, but it's your choice, right? Like, freedom's everywhere. So let's just paint this scenario. Let's say that your mother-in-law, she drops in any time that she wants. She lives near your house, and she drops by several times a week, uh, totally unannounced, and stays for hours. Like, your mother-in-law is Marie from Everybody Loves Raymond, all right? And she stays there for hours, hours, leaving you frazzled and frustrated and deflated. Like there's clearly a lack of boundaries in this relationship. So how do we handle as adults? Well, we have to remember that boundaries is never about controlling another person. It's, it's never about the other person. It's always about what am I responsible for in my life. And when we look at the four boundary busters that we've talked about the last couple of weeks, that here's how this plays out if, if in one of your four boundary buster categories. If you're a compliant person and your mother comes over, mother-in-law comes over like that, that probably what you're going to do is you're just going to deal with it, and the frustration going to build in you until eventually you get to bitterness. If you're an avoidant person, you're just going to go hang out in your bedroom until she leaves. If you're non-compliant, you're going to pretend your mother-in-law doesn't exist, even if she's eating dinner with you. If you're a fourth boundary buster, if you're a controller, you're going to try to exert power over the situation. And the reality is that none of those four responses are well, are they? None of those are healthy, and we know it. And so what do we do? How do we handle this situation? How do you apply the formula, freedom equals responsibility equals love, and keep it balanced when it comes to your mother-in-law? Because you can't just take her phone like you can your teenagers, right? Like, So what do you do? How do you do it? Well, we have to remember that when it comes to adult relationships, you can't control the other person. And the goal of boundaries is taking responsibility for yourself so that love comes out of your freedom. To serve your mother-in-law well is the goal. To serve your mother-in-law in in love, that's the goal. But it must be done out of freedom. It can't be like like, like boundaryless compliance. You have to realize that you're a finite creature. And in 2 Corinthians, there's a verse that we look at that oftentimes we apply to money, but really the principle applies to everything. And it's the Apostle Paul, and he says this. He says that we have to determine in all of our hearts what it is that we give. Like, we have to be able to determine in our hearts what we are able to give. And then we are responsible, Paul says. We are responsible to know that when our giving moves past the moment of love... Or cheerfulness and into resentment. That's our responsibility. That our responsibility is to determine how and when we give and when that giving moves past love or or cheerfulness and into a point of resentment. Now problems arise, problems always always arrive when we blame someone else for our own lack of limits in our life, when we don't take responsibility. See, in this scenario, it's very easy for us to think that mom's the problem. Like, she just keeps showing up. But the real problem here is your lack of responsibility when it comes to setting limits in your own life. And your lack of responsibility is actually enslaving yourself to your mother-in-law so you don't feel free. And because you don't feel like you're free, you become resentful. And in your resent, you cannot love. Your formula is out of whack. Remember, freedom equals responsibility equals love. It's always in balance. You are free. So let's turn it around. And instead of allowing your mother-in-law to kind of control the situation and do whatever it is that she does... You have to figure out what is it that you want to do, set the course, and then follow through with it. That you decide what your limits are, what you will allow, what you'll tolerate, what the consequences will be as you move forward. And so with your spouse, maybe it looks like this. Maybe this is the conversation. That you sit down with your spouse, and you decide that your mother-in-law can come over uh, on Wednesdays and Saturdays, let's say at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, eat dinner with you, and she can hang out until the kids go to bed. In your freedom, you get to decide that. Now, in your responsibility, you have some things that you need to take care of. And one of the things that you're responsible for is having that conversation in a way that's clear, where you are speaking in empathy and in love to your mother-in-law, explaining to her why it is that, that you're setting this up, not blaming her, not applying motive that may or may not be there for her, but simply speaking for yourself and why you're doing what you're doing. And then the other part of your responsibility is once you begin to enact that is to make sure that Wednesdays and Saturdays from 4 to bedtime are clear so that your family can engage with your mother-in-law. That's your responsibility. And the way that that will be constantly measured is by love in your life. Now, most normal people, most normal people, if what is being said is communicated clearly with empathy and with love, not applying motive or blame, but but very clearly spoken, then most normal people will just need a few reminders along the way to adjust their behaviors. Like most normal people. It's not going to change overnight. There's going to have to be some reminders. but, But most of the time, normal people will just adjust. Every once in a while, Your mother-in-law might be actually Marie from Everybody Loves Raymond. And in those moments, you're going to have to put your foot down, and there's going to be a need to be a consequence where you're limiting your emotional exposure. And maybe a consequence in that moment is like this. Mom, we love you, but if you keep showing up unannounced and not calling, we're just not going to answer the door, right? Like that's a consequence that's clearly communicated. That when it comes to boundaries, when it comes to boundaries, you have to remember, you have to remember that the best boundaries are loving boundaries. That whether it's with your kids or your mother-in-law or any family dynamic in between, boundaries is in no way designed to stop being loving. That if you ever catch yourself in a boundary where you're creating a boundary so that you do not have to love this person anymore, you are out of bounds. You are not acting the way that God is calling you to act. That freedom equals responsibility equals love. And our role in our lives is to keep that balance. That's how we operate. That's what it looks. So remember, you have been called to freedom. So do not use that freedom to fill up your sinful self, but rather, in love, serve one another. Those are boundaries, all right? So as we wrap all of this up, maybe you're here today, and you're trying to process through all of this, and the reality is, is that the only way that any of this works in our life is the only way that we can show love is if we actually know love. And maybe you're here today... And you're looking at the relationships that, that you have in your family, and you would say, Matt, like, man, I have messed these up. Like, I have blown them up big time. And I have so much regrets. I mean, if I could have a do-over, I would, I would do it over a thousand times. I would do so many things differently. Well, if you're sitting in that space today, I just want to remind you that there's a God out there who wants to be your heavenly Father, And he's one who loves you with more love than you could ever imagine in your life. Unconditional love. A love that's not based on what you've done or what you're going to do, but a love that is totally existent on his character and on his nature. And I'm not talking about religion or about going to church. What I'm talking about is a life that is fully surrendered to God through Jesus where he becomes absolutely everything for you. And you get to experience love, real love in your life. And so maybe you're here today and as we talk about freedom, you're like, man, I I don't feel free, like like I feel enslaved. And the reason that you feel enslaved is because it's the sin of your life, that you're using your freedom to indulge in your sinful desires. And that sin is driving you away from the God who loves you. And God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to live a perfect life, to to die on the cross, to raise again three days later so that you could have the power, the freedom, the forgiveness, the love that God has for you. See, I think that there's probably some people here who showed up today not knowing that the reason that they were coming is so that they could finally figure out why they feel so enslaved so they could finally figure out why it is that, that love seems so distant in their life. And if that's you today, my encouragement is to simply call out on the name of Jesus. The scriptures teach us, the Bible tells us that there's forgiveness for every single one of your sins, everything that you've ever done wrong, that you can be forgiven and in your forgiveness you are set free. So what I want to do is I want to pray for us. I want to pray for the family dynamics that we oftentimes find ourselves in. And then I'm just going to create a space that if you need to cry out to Jesus, today's your day. Today's your day. Would you bow with me in prayer, Father? Lord, when it comes to family, Lord, sometimes those relationships are the best relationships we have, and other times, Lord, they are the hardest. And Lord, it, it seems that those that were called to love the most, Lord, that oftentimes we meet with the least amount of grace in our lives. Lord, every single one of us has stories of, of how our families have gone awry, how devastation has come. because of the way that we've handled relationships. Lord, where we haven't seen just a simple biblical principle like like Paul paints here, Lord, with freedom and responsibility and love and, and how they're always balanced. And so God, I pray for the people in this room, Lord, who are struggling in relationship with family right now, Lord, that you would bring healing through this. Lord, that this wouldn't just be truth that rings in their ears, but Lord, that they would begin to apply this in ways that brings life. God, one of the greatest gifts that you've given is your love, and through your love, you have have made us free. And so, God, may we use that freedom to bring about flourishing in this world. God, I pray for those here at Fort Lupton online who may not yet know you Lord who doesn't know what it, what it means to live free, the person who doesn't know what it means to truly have a God who loves them no matter what God today's their day and so Lord I pray that on this day that they would cry out to you, that they would just cry out to Jesus and say Lord take my life, change me, mold me set me free through the forgiveness of sin you give us life Lord, I thank you for that. We go to your table now communion to celebrate what you've done for us on the cross so many years ago. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.